Hi, I'm Alice from the Postdoctoral Development Center at Queen's University Belfast. Welcome to our podcast, The Theory of the Postdoc Evolution. Today's episode is the recording of one of our career exploration interviews, which was organized and carried out by Dr. Claire Tonry in October 2020. She talked with Dr. Peter Kerr about his career, notably his previous experience transitioning to industry and working for the Almac Group. Enjoy. Okay, so um, our speaker then is Dr. Peter Kerr. So Peter is an expert in biomarker development and companion diagnostics with over 13 years experience in the molecular diagnostics industry. Um, Peter had completed his undergraduate degree at Edinburgh University and his PhD at Glasgow University. He then went on to complete an MA at University of Cambridge and undertook his postdoctoral research at the Institute of Cancer Research in London. Um, Peter then transitioned into project management and moved to Almac here in Belfast, where he quickly worked his way up to VP of Companion Diagnostic Development. And Peter is now head of operations at Sunray Analytics Limited. Yeah, thanks, Claire. What I was just going to do today was just, I guess, talk through my kind of journey from, I guess, initially in academia and then um, and then out, out of academia and in, in the industry and sort of talk about some of the options that are, that are available there as well, because it can be, I think it can be a little bit daunting when you're when you've been in academia and all you know is kind of maybe that sort of route through academia and, and you don't really have a, have a good feel for what else is out there. And maybe it seems like it's, it must be very difficult to, to get a job outside of that. But actually, I think there are a lot of options out there for, for scientists who, who maybe don't think that, you know, going down the sort of the academic route is for them. My, my current role actually is, um, as Claire was saying, it's at, at Sunray Analytics, although, although I've actually, since leaving Almac there about, about, um, a year and a half ago, I actually set myself up as a, as an independent, uh, contractor. And so I'm actually working with two companies, which is great. That was something I kind of wanted to do after leaving Almac, having been there for 13 years was to sort of, I guess, see around me a little bit more and particularly around Northern Ireland. Um, and so I'm working for two companies, which I'll come back to you at the end. One is Sunray Analytics, which is a spin out from Queens. The other is Arc Regulatory, which is a, a, a consultancy company based actually near Maharafelt, um, in a little place called Moneymore for any of you that, that know that part of the world. And just then very quickly, as Claire, as Claire, as Claire just, um, described, I went through degree, degree and, uh, diploma, PhD route, postdoc, um, worked as a program manager, um, after the postdoc stage, um, then in the industry, and that was really Almac, and then as this consultant contractor. So just to, just to dig into those a little bit more, just to sort of explain that journey. Um, I kind of initially acted off to do chemistry. That was my, that was my sort of plan, kind of leaving school and going off to uni. Chemistry became biochemistry at, at university through this kind of natural sciences degree that I did. Um, and then just got more and more interested in the molecular um, biology and genetics side of things and ended up doing a diploma in genetics just to try and bring myself then up to speed on, on that side of the, on that side of the, of the natural sciences, if you like. Um, PhD was then in, in, uh, in, in Glasgow. It was a collaboration between Glasgow Uni and the Beetson Institute. And that was in, um, the role of a marker called TGF beta in skin carcinogenesis. And after a few years at that, 
Um, moved to the ICR in, in London with um, with Alan Ashworth looking at, uh, I guess, a couple of genes that had only recently been cloned at that stage, um, which were the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes. So so really, I was kind of at that early stage of trying to understand, well, what is it that the, 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 you know, why do mutations in these BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes lead to breast cancer? What is going on at a, at a, at a molecular basis? So I worked at that, um, it was the Breakthrough Breast Cancer Research Lab at the ICR um, as a postdoc researcher for, for three years there. And then um, a role came up within the same lab where they were trying to establish, uh, I guess, microarrays and sort of high throughput RNA um, gene expression technologies were only really um, kind of getting going at that stage properly. So, so they they had brought in a, a microarray facility, and I got, actually got a role that sort of transitioned from the postdoctoral research into um, essentially almost like a, a little bit of a lab manager type role, but establishing that that microarray facility and and um, uh, yes, you know, having scientists at the at the institute come and come and use it and, and working with them. Um, but I also, I guess, at that stage knew that. Um, as much as I was enjoying the, the the work in the lab and and the people that I was working with, um, and the scientific challenge and so on, I knew that um, a kind of a, a life in academia wasn't for me. I, I didn't see myself as someone who wanted to sort of go on to lectureship and and so on and so forth. So, so I was kind of at that stage in London uh, looking around. Um, and I took a job uh, with the NCRI, which uh, at that time had, a, had an informatics, what's called an informatics unit in London. And that was really an office-based um, job based at Cancer Research UK, where essentially the, the role was working with research funders um, and scientists to define um, kind of different demonstrator projects, but also sort of working with the funders to say, OK, look, yeah, we're all all these different funders are putting money into cancer research, and particularly into sort of um, in the areas that we were looking at, where sort of data, data formats, sharing of data, um, and there was a lot of we, you know, you can see, and even now we know there's a lot of sort of waste of of data not being shared, so on and so forth. So, so it was a, it was a unit set up to try and sort of start to drive forward um, greater collaboration between the funders driven by the NCRI, um, but. Um, and, and really, kind of the points I'm making at the bottom there, in terms of making that move out of out of postdoc into something like that, I guess you know what I was able to bring to that was a certain amount of scientific knowledge, knowledge of of the area because you're working with with others in the in the in the in the field, and you, you know you, you you kind of I guess know the oncology field and so on at that stage, which which helped in that job. But what you, what I needed to bring were then a certain amount of organisational skills. What I learnt was um, things like persuasion techniques. In other words, you're you're working with a, a large group of people. Not all of them are going to agree with the sort of the the way that, that you know you and your colleagues want to move forward. So you learn how to persuade a group of people, um, and you learn how to work with these sort of scientific boards and so on that um, that are that are established to help you know I guess give out these uh, demonstrator projects and to to agree on the on the funding strategies. So that was a that was a move that um, for me helped sort of helped me see what else was out there outside of outside of the um, uh, the, the academic environment and that gave me a little, a little bit of experience and also some contacts and and, uh, and and so on actually which is which is served sort of well in, in later life um, 
Then through, I guess, Northern Ireland connections, um, uh, Paul Harkin was establishing, um, and Paddy Johnson were establishing Almac Diagnostics um, at that time, and I got a job then in industry uh, with with Almac, uh, where I where I moved back uh, over to this part of the world, initially as a research and development manager at, at Almac, um, then as head of product development and project management, and as, as Claire was saying, sort of over a number of years, you can see 13 years, quite a long time in the place. Um, as VP of Companion Diagnostic Development. And I guess I'll come back to the, the, the jobs in Almac in a second, just so you guys get a feel for the different types, uh, different types of jobs there. But, but again, that was a, that was, I guess, you know, in terms of the way that company was set up, it is quite a scientifically driven company. So it was relatively sort of straightforward to bring my scientific skills and start to, start to apply them in a, in a, in a, um, yeah, in an industry environment. But really the skills there are people management skills, um, you know, working with other scientists, working in a sort of cross, these cross-functional teams where, you know, the difference in academia, where you're working quite independently on your own research, really here you're working as part of a much bigger team. Um, and, and that's really probably the main difference, to be honest, um, in terms of the day-to-day aspects of the job. Um, so, so I'll come back to that in a little bit more detail in a second. And then finally, just in the last couple of years, um, I decided I needed a change. And, and this is, I think this is something sort of in every step you're going to make in your career, which I think is an important piece of advice. And someone sort of said it to me as well, which is be brave in your decisions. You know, if you, if you feel you're not particularly happy somewhere, you know, talk to, talk to your, to your, um, colleagues, you know, if you can talk to your, your your boss if you if you think your boss is going to be have a reasonable conversation with you they not not all of them do but a lot of them will there are a lot of very reasonable people out there but do talk to people if you feel you're you're kind of you know you're not you're not moving in the direction you'd like to be moving and you want to explore other other opportunities reach out to people talk and then be brave in your in, in, in your decisions even if it's not even if that sort of immediate decision isn't the the best one for you you know um, I think making a decision um, to make a move is, is, is still a still a smart move because you will you, you will then find something that does suit you um, as you as you move forward. I thought it was worth just saying a couple of things around Almac. Um, so so the Almac group, Almac is a great company to work in. It's worth talking about because obviously the you know the the um, it's a Northern Ireland company. You know a lot of you will will sort of stay in Northern Ireland and will look for jobs uh, jobs in here as well if you don't stay in the in the academia side of things. And there's a whole range of different types of companies under the Almac group as well. So so the one that I was part of is a top one, uh, Almac Diagnostics. But there's Almac Discovery, which I'm sure you know some of you may be aware of as well. And they're they're also a life sciences company essentially. So diagnostics and discovery are really the Kind of the two I would describe as more scientific sort of um, scientific companies, where if you're looking to still retain a certain amount of um, you know what you've learnt around your your kind of your bench work and your your sort of your your more detailed scientific research, there's an aspect of that you will still be able to apply in those two jobs. Almac Science is a very chemistry-driven company. Almac Clinical Services are more logistics and distribution and supplies, but they have a lot of very good jobs in there now. So you'll not go in and apply sort of molecular biology and, and those types of techniques, obviously. But if you have an interest in clinical trials and how those work, 
there are a lot of very good jobs in clinical services where, where whereby you would um, you know, project management and other jobs where where you could still be working in a in a clinical field, but just not necessarily in a in a scientific field. Likewise, pharma services, clinical technologies, and Galen. I mean, Almac I think is about five thousand people now, so there's it's a it's a it's a big group with a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, turnover, I suppose, and a lot of opportunities coming up. Within Almac Diagnostics, it's probably just worth mentioning a few of the roles that that that, that are there, and really they, they fall into these six or seven categories. So, um, the one that I'm closest to was project management. That's where I um, ended up looking after essentially a team of, of project managers. And again, in that particular those particular roles, project managers very hard to tell what what is that, what does that actually do? But it, it is quite a scientific role in that you have to have a knowledge. Um, a good knowledge of, this, of the science and that you're working with pharma customers, biotech customers on their biomarkers, on their companion diagnostics, and you need to have that knowledge um, to be able to be a good project manager for them. As well as that, you need to like working with people, and you know some of us don't, some of us don't like that, and if that's the case, project management probably isn't isn't for you, if you know what I mean. So, so, so that I guess don't be afraid to talk to people to, you know, if you see a job advertised. And you're you're sort of unsure about it. Don't be afraid to try and make contact with, you know, the you know the the division, and then you know ask who's advertising the job. Would it be possible to have a word with them? You know, people. I think most people are receptive to that type of approach. And and so um, if you're interested in in, in in those roles, then 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 do 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 make contact. Lab scientists. There's lots of lab jobs in um, in Almac and. The again, like Kareem was was saying saying earlier, you don't have the independence that that you would have um, in academia to sort of determine your own research and and to to work on those aspects. It is very driven by the company goals. Um, but if you're keen still to apply your 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 um, your lab lab skills and lab techniques, then then there are plenty of plenty of opportunities uh, with an Almac as well. And then when you look outside of that, there's roles like business development, which again. Almac sort of look for some scientific background when they're looking for um, BD people. Even in quality, again, a lot of the people in the quality department would have a scientific background before they've made the move into sort of quality and compliance. Regulatory bioinformatics software development, obviously a little bit different in that you would maybe have to switch skills and learn a new skill before you could make a move into 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 something like that. And then just the last couple of slides here, just to finish, just to, again, I just wanted to give a bit of a feel for that, you know, there is actually lots of opportunities out there, I think, if you, when you, when you start to look around. So I've, I've sort of been working the last, um, year at Sunray Analytics. They're a Queen's spin out. Um, essentially they're, they're a data analytics platform for life sciences research. But again, I'm working there. I don't have a data science background. I don't have a software development background, but, there are companies like like that that will be looking for people who do have a, a scientific background that can still contribute to the to the to the um, to the development of the company. So, for example, on the operations side, Sunray, you've got business development, you've got project management, you've got sales. There'll be quality roles and things like that. So, so there's there, there, within these companies um, quite often they are looking for a for 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 a bit of science uh, background for for somebody with the who's, who's prepared to sort of you know make a bit of a switch. Um, likewise, Arc Regulatory, um, the other company that I mentioned, um, they're really a um, a consultancy company that provide advice around biomarkers, diagnostics, development, medical device. 
and their customers, as it says, further down there are pharma companies and diagnostic companies and um, biotech companies and so on. That really needs a knowledge of a little bit of a knowledge of how clinical studies and clinical trials work. It can be difficult maybe for to make a move straight into somewhere like ARC, straight from a postdoc. But if you did have, you know, if you did move somewhere that you had a knowledge of and you start to get a bit of a knowledge of, of how clinical studies and clinical trials work, again, that would be a company that you could consider um, you consider moving to again. And again, that is a that is a, a growing company. As I say, in terms of thinking about those moves, there's definitely opportunities outside of um, outside of academia. But but do go and talk to people and ask people. Um, and you know, if you if there's a job you see that you like and you're not so sure about it, as I say, do do make an effort to to reach out to whoever the recruiting um, manager is, because in most cases people will be happy to to have a have a more informal chat before you actually apply. Just going straight back to your earlier decision to leave academia, like what what do you think was the main motivational factor for you? Like, had you ever really considered staying on and pursuing an academic career, or did you rule it out early enough? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did. I definitely considered it. I mean, the fact that I the fact that I I sort of after PhD at that stage it was still something that I was I was considering, which is why which is why I went down the the postdoc route initially. Um, I guess you know, having moved then from Glasgow to London and sort of experienced, you know, the that sort of the, the academic drive there. It just, I, I, I just looking looking around at it, for me, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a, a kind of a an area that I that I wanted to that I wanted to stay in. I think it does take a, a sort of a you know a particular mindset. I think Kareem referred to it as well there when he was talking. You have to. Have, you have to be prepared to be act independently. I think very quickly. Um, you know, if you're if you're going to sort of make that move um, in in academia, so and you have to be obviously prepared to um, put the time and effort into sort of I guess writing the grants and and you know you know bringing the bringing the funding in in a quite an independent way. And a lot of people that suits a lot of people. Um, I prefer sort of that I guess something that was more of a teamwork approach, which is why. Um, I guess the 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 industry aspect uh, worked for me. So, um, as I say, I, I made the move initially to this NCRI and the funders. And you know, looking back on it, that that didn't sort of add a huge amount to my career. To be honest, you know, I could have probably moved straight from um, postdoc into um, into Almac, you know, without having gone through that route. So, but again, you know, I don't look back and regret it. But it was, you know. Maybe you know it wasn't a, a decision I had to make, to, or that necessarily benefited me, you know, at that stage. But but it was still still good experience. So so I guess I would say to people, don't be afraid still to to, to make a move. Um, and then just another question, kind of on that. So what what kind of profile do you think a postdoc should have, or what kind of skills do you postdoc do you think postdocs bring to the kind of role? Maybe not the role you're in now at a kind of senior level, but the, you know the initial roles that you went yeah. into and the the project management type roles. Yeah, I guess it's shown. Um, you know, for, for you know, really it depends. If you you know look closely at a at a job description, you know, if you're if you're looking around at those at sort of other roles. So the example in Almac, as you said, was you know in, in project management, because that's a very customer facing role and it's a project management role. The things that that, that people are obviously looking out for, you know, do do you have the, the sort of the skills and the character to to engage well with customers? 
Um, do have you demonstrated sort of organisational skills um, and so on in the past? So, so you know, it's not. Um, they're they're fairly kind of soft, I feel like skills that that people generally are looking for and looking to look, looking to see are you are you going to be a good a good fit for the job. So, I would say look at the job descriptions kind of carefully enough whenever you're looking around at roles. And if you think, well, actually, yeah, I could, you know, I have those characteristic soft skills. Now, how could I sort of put down in paper how I demonstrate, you know, those soft skills to get through the application stage, and then how an interview can I really demonstrate those those skills to the to the interviewers to, to, to get across that point that you know the, the job descriptions are there for a reason and I think they're they're they're, they're usually fairly fairly useful pointers in that in that regard. And then I don't there's another question in the chat that I don't know if you've maybe already kind of covered but I have a question from Dadashi. Sometimes job descriptions contain skills and experiences of two to three people as the ideal candidate. What actions should you take with them? Would you apply or not apply? Yeah, um, so so uh, so I think I think what you're saying is that um, is that so so some of the some of the aspects of the job description may suit, and others you think would suit maybe someone else. I think if there's, you know, definitely wouldn't be put off if there's aspects of the job. If you if the job looks attractive, and there's aspects of the job description that you think you can definitely um, deliver on, you know, so you know it, it, it's it's interesting. I know whenever we were recruiting at Almac, in any given recruitment round, it could be a, you could have a very busy application, and there's lots of people applying where there's more of a choice, or you know you may may not have um, so many applicants, and and there's less of a choice, and you might well find that you know even if it's, if you're not taking all the boxes, you know on a particular um, a particular uh, job description, if you're taking sort of you know enough of them. Um, and and you think and the and you can convince the interviewers that you can deliver or learn the other the other aspects of the job that you, you maybe haven't been able to demonstrate yet, then then yeah you you're, you're you're in with a shout. I would definitely I would definitely still go ahead. Obviously, if you're not taking any of them, like you know be be realistic about it. But um, but if you if you if you feel you can take sort of you know half the half the the sort of the things they're looking for, um, definitely go for it. Um, and then another question um, from from Zoe. I think that I might slightly rephrase, but um, what do you think is important for building your CV? So, is there anything while it's doing your postdoc that you could be doing um, to help make your CV more appealing? You know, I, I know teaching is important, say for the academic group, but is there anything that you feel that kind of stands out to industry people when they're hiring that you might have done in addition to just you know your research? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I guess we so so I know at at Almac, for example, there it wasn't that we didn't go looking for anything in particular in terms of other things that people had done out, outside of, but it definitely helped to um, you know even even if things aren't necessarily directly related to your career, you know things outside of work. You know, we we, we would quite often talk to people in interviews about. Um, you know some of the things that they say that they that that they do outside of work, whether it's you know I don't know, you know charity work or or even hobbies and so on that they have where they're actually taking a quite an active role. And I don't just mean you know oh, enjoy playing football or do do this or whatever, but something where which demonstrates that that you are you know you you have a you have a certain drive or you have a certain uh, responsibilities. Um, outside of your work, I think are always good to highlight and to and to sort of try and try and build on things that are more work related. Um, 
you know, for example, you could, you know, if, if you're, if it is a project management job you're after, there are, I think, some project management type courses you can do. I, I wouldn't be recommending to go into this, any of the sort of the very detailed ones, like the, you know, there's a number of like PMP and things like that that can, that can be sort of quite long, um, drawn out courses. But I think even a short, even a short, uh, course, um, which shows that, you know, you're interested enough in something outside of, of, of a route for a job that you're applying for that you've actually, you know, you have actually taken, you know, a day or two out of your time to attend a course, you know, put that on there and, 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 and highlight it. Um, but I, I don't think there's anything to specifically answer your question, Claire. Yeah, there's not anything specifically that we kind of go looking for in terms of, you know, extracurricular type, type sort of activities or, or, um, you know, things that are automatically outside your postdoc career, but do highlight the things that are outside it because people like to see kind of, you know, a, a broad picture of, of, of someone, not just the very specific sort of day to day activities in the job. Um, and then uh, another question we, we, we raised was, um, how did you find ways to, so I guess maybe it's similar, it's how did you find ways to gain experience outside of your field for career progression? Um, and maybe similar, like how did you how did you seek out job opportunities that you thought you'd be interested in when you know you'd only been in academia to that point? Yeah, no, it's a good it's a good point. Again, again, I would say you know talk talk to people. Um, I you know really to, when I think about the various moves I've made, they've all sort of come through. Um, I guess I guess different different ways. So. I mean, the postdoc, moving from PhD to postdoc was really an ad, you know, as I was looking out for postdoc positions and literally went through, went through sort of a, an application route through, you know, seeing ads for it. Moving from, um, from the sort of the postdoc of ICR to NCRI, um, I think was talking to, um, yeah, other, other academic colleagues outside. It was actually outside of my, my boss. I didn't go to speak to my boss about it, but I did speak to other sort of, Academics that I, I knew I could have a chat with, um, and who were aware that sort of that activity was going on. Um, I then saw the sort of the job advertised, and and I think I I sort of reached out informally before actually just going you know sticking the application straight in. So I think I think that always helps. Um, the the job in Almac um, actually came about because. As part of my postdoc, we were collaborating with Paul Harkin's academic lab at the time. So it was really an academic collaboration. Um, and, and again, express an interest at that stage, um, you know, to Paul say, oh, at some point I'd, I'd quite like to, you know, to move out of academia and just having, having those conversations. Um, and then, you know, whenever I, at sort of, I guess, later stage in my career, leaving Almac and, and looking around, I kind of went and spoke to, um, there's the organization, quite a few sort of, Setups in, in Northern Ireland, like the Catalyst uh, Centre, they're quite open to having conversations with people who are potentially looking for a looking for a move into industry and, and would have good connections. So, you know, if you if you sort of look around now, I mean, you know, the, the sort of social media and internet d does have good sort of uh, can can put you in touch with organisations that do have a kind of a bit of a network. You know, um, I'm happy if anyone, you know, was sort of in, you know in any of the roles I've talked about there. If anyone was was saying like oh I'd be interested in working here I I'd be more than you know than happy to have a conversation so you'll you'll find people who have gone through their careers 
they know they have to give something back as well and, and, and are happy to give something back and will be, be prepared to sort of take take a bit of time with people. So don't 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 be afraid to sort of reach out to people and uh, and, ha- and have a conversation. Um, and then what so like what do you really enjoy about your job at the minute or what like what have you enjoyed even going back to some of the positions you've been, like what what yeah. was that kept you interested and kept you on that path? Yeah, that's a good question, and that's and you know that's that should be first and foremost, I think, in anyone's mind, really. You know, is what what do what is it that I enjoy, and sort of, I mean, I constantly ask myself that question, you know, through throughout my career, um, you know, and, and it's not, actually sometimes not an easy not an easy thing to answer. You know, you, you you can you can find that you're sort of working away quite happily somewhere, and then you know things things evolve and things change, and suddenly you know you're not so happy, and, and it's like, well, why why is that? And it's um, I mean, for me, I, I always needed a challenge. You know, I always needed um, the, the sort of the scientist in me always wanted to be kind of at least not necessarily, in, as I said before, in control of the research that I was doing, but it is, I did want to be sort of work in an environment where there was something new that was happening and evolving and being discovered and, and, and so on. So, you know, so for example, in, in Almac, um, the, you know, the projects are, are kind of scientific projects with a start and a finish. And the challenge of sort of working through that, um, you know, for me is a, is a, is a, is a, is a problem solving challenge and a, they're, they're every day threw up a different question and a different challenge. So, so, so for me, that's the, it's that sort of variety and challenge that, 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 um, uh, that's, that's kept me going, to be honest, throughout, um, throughout most of the roles. As well as that, I've, all, I've always enjoyed the sort of the interaction with customers and people and so on as well. So, so again, I'm, you know, for me, there's a sociable aspect to it that, you know, is, is important in, the, in any of the jobs that I work in. So it's, it's probably a mixture of those, of those two, of those two things. Um, and then what's, what's the kind of day-to-day like in, the, in that kind of job? Um, I know it's obviously, you're, you're not lab bench-based anymore, but, you know, where does the science come into it? Or, you know, how much, how much of it is kind of more a business head that you need and patients yeah. and stuff? No, it's a good question. And look, you, you and Declan could probably give a bit of insight to that as well. I'm sure, um, as 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 people who've sort of you know um, worked at Almac for a while, and it doesn't it doesn't suit you know it definitely doesn't suit everybody um, in, in terms of whether you're a sort of a lab scientist in Almac or whether you end up in the sort of the quality department or in project management or product development. Um, I mean, on a, on a day to day basis. Um, yeah, it is desk based. So, you know, if you're someone that doesn't, is not going to sort of be happy, you know, being at a desk, um, the, sorry, the lab, the lab jobs obviously are, are lab based and that's, and that's fine. But the other jobs at Almac are, are desk based. So if you're not happy at a desk, then that's not, that's not the job for you. But, um, you know, day to day wise, there's still, yes, you need a, as you say, not so much a business head, but a very sort of, I guess, organized, um, maybe a sort of a, a kind of a, yeah, an organized mentality and a, and a, and a, and a drive to sort of want to please your customers in a way. Do you know what I mean? That, that needs to be, there needs to be an aspect there where, where, where you enjoy meeting a deadline, where you enjoy, um, having to maybe juggle five or six projects at the, at the, at the same time. Um, and, 
yeah, I guess I guess it's you know there's a there's a there's a hard work aspect to it, but a sort of rewarding aspect to it. But yeah, you, you're not to, in total control. You you're you're not determining your own deadlines. There, you are usually working to sort of to customer deadlines and so on. And you have to be you have to be sort of prepared to sort of to to, to work in that environment as well. So, um, yeah, but but day to day it is it is desk based. But you know you're surrounded by kind of. Well, at least physically, we we were kind of up until recently surrounded by by sort of like-minded people in a in, a, in an office, but um, and and the the sort of the you know the decision making around a, pro- a project is really where you get the challenges from. So you know why is this this assay hasn't worked? So okay, there's a sort of a meeting to establish why is that and what can we do better, and and uh, that's the kind that's the kind of challenge you end up you end up getting is is being part of that um, you know decision making process. Thank you so much for your time, Peter, um, and thanks to everyone as well who came in and participated. Cheers. All right. Thanks, Claire. So, take-home message. There are many types of roles in industry to fit different profiles, and don't hesitate to get in touch with people to learn about their role and their companies. For more career insights for postdocs, check out other episodes on iTunes or on go.cube.ac.uk slash podcast PDC. Bye.